Welcome to the Open Bible Podcast, a resource of Church of the Open Bible in Swift Current, Saskatchewan. In this episode, Pastor Jay is joined by John Voigt from Compassion Canada. John shares a little about the mission of this organization, different ways that children benefit from sponsorship program, the effects of COVID-19 on children and families around the world, and Compassion's response to the pandemic, as well as ways that you can help. Visit www.compassion.ca for more information or to sponsor a child today. Hello, church and guests. This is Pastor Jay Hines welcoming you to another episode of the Open Bible Podcast. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This Sunday, we had the pleasure of hearing from Jay Calder, a Compassion Canada ambassador who preached from God's Word and shared a little bit about the ministry, which was very encouraging. Well, in today's podcast episode, we're going to hear a little bit more about the ministry of Compassion Canada from our special guest, John Vort, who is the Compassion Rep for Southern Saskatchewan, Alberta, and BC. So welcome, John, to the Open Bible Podcast. Thank you very much. Great to be here. So why don't we, you begin by just briefly sharing a little bit about yourself? Well, I live in uh, Lethbridge, Alberta, um, all my life, and uh, I live with my, my wife, Mary Lee, and um, yeah, we have no none of our own children, but we have... Uh, a bunch of children around the world through compassion. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. And um, we're just wondering, you know, I was thinking about this podcast and wondering, hmm, how many of our listeners will know much about compassion? I'm assuming most, if not all, have heard something about it. But uh, why don't you just give us a brief introduction for those who maybe forgot <laughs> or those who've never heard of this ministry before, just so we can know a little bit more about it? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Well, um, we, we are, uh, let me put it this way. We are Christ-centered. Um, our mission statement says it all. We release children from poverty in Jesus' name. Uh, we are church-driven. Uh, we have over 8,000 church partners in the 25 countries that we work in. Um, we support our churches to enable them to be, let's call them the champions of their communities. Um, we are child focused. Um, it is it is proven that I guess most of us who have come to Christ uh, did so before our 14th birthday. That's pretty common. And so that is why we decided that we need to be child focused. Um, and it's working. Uh, we see someone, one of our children, one of our family members give their lives to Christ every four minutes on average, every single day. So that's very excitement, exciting. Uh, we are a child development organization, basically. Hmm, that's a great, a great summary and encouraging to hear, especially about your connection with uh, churches and being, how did you put it, church-driven or? Um... Church-driven, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I like that. about the local church, for sure. Yeah, that's great. Now, um, Obviously, there's a lot of ministries out there, other ministries as well, that are trying to reach simil a similar demographic, trying to reach children uh, in poverty. What is it about compassion that's, that's unique compared to these other ministries? Well, there's quite a few, but I think probably the ones I'd like to focus on, the most important, obviously, are our, our ministry to our children is holistic. Uh, because we're a development um, uh, organization, a child development organization, uh, we, 
we want to develop our children in all aspects of their lives. That's their minds, their bodies, and their relationships. And, and what that means really is um, that includes formal and informal education, uh, personal attention to love from you know, the churches, our church families, our volunteers, our staff in the field. And quite honestly, that means uh, our sponsors as well, right? We encourage um, that connection, that personal connection. Um, also, uh, the love and the support from their local church is so crucial because this is their opportunity to hear all about who Jesus Christ is, right? That is our focus, obviously. <laughs> um, also, it means healthcare. It means hygiene training. And believe it or not, we did that before COVID even hit. That was really important because we deal with a ton of issues, health issues, right? Um, and of course, supplementary food. Um, I think we're very unique in that we only work with the local church. Um, we are in the background. We only enable them to, to do their mandate, what they believe is the most important in their communities, how they can support their communities best. Uh, I just heard our, our president, we just got off of a, a cha our chapel and she mentioned that we partner with tons of organizations, um, but we only work through the local church. And I think the other one that, I don't know if, uh, I guess we, we, Mission Drift is really, really common these days. And we absolutely refuse to drift from Christ or from his church. And I think that is so crucial nowadays. And, and we are seeing how God, because we honor him in everything we are doing, he just keeps coming back at us and blessing us in so many ways. So I think those are the main main distinctives, we'll call them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's encouraging to hear. Um, I think you're absolutely right. It is so easy for mission drift to happen. And the church, and it's hard to believe, but sometimes even Christ himself uh, can drift from being the center in our ministries, where we can just become self-perpetuating for our own sake, right? Different ministries. And to forget that the church is the place in which Christ has chosen to work and to reach people, reach children with the gospel and to be discipled. And that ultimately, like you said, it's all about honoring him and uh, glorifying him and getting the gospel out. So that's, that's really encouraging to hear. Um, now, how long have you personally been working with Compassion Canada? Well, I just celebrated my 10th anniversary on November 15th. So that's really exciting. Um, I was a volunteer for about nine years before. Uh, so I guess altogether, uh, we're closing in on 20 years now. It's been very, very, it's been the most amazing blessing of my life. That's for sure. Well, that's great. So what about compassion? What, like, what, what exactly about compassion did um, initially drew you, I guess, to the ministry? <laughs> that's a really loaded question. Um, <laughs> I'm going to answer it in one word and then just kind of uh, God. <laughs> he led me. Uh, I, I go back to O2 when never even heard of who Compassion was. Uh, went to a church service. Uh, I'd only been to this church twice. This is my second Sunday. Uh, somebody from Compassion was speaking. And back then, you have to understand that I missions and children meant uh, very, very little in my life. Uh, I can't even, I don't even know who that guy was back then. But um, as I listened to this gentleman, um, it, it was something that um, made me 
kind of sit up and listen and and uh, I wanted to hear what this guy was saying and at the end he invited us to come to Africa to see what compassion uh, does and what true honest to goodness poverty looks like and I will never be able to explain this but at that moment I knew God wanted me to go and uh, kind of weird because I really didn't have a relationship with him at that time I was uh, clearly going in the wrong direction um, so for me to hear that to, to feel that to hear that tiny little whisper and I went to the table after the service and eight months later I found myself in Kenya and Uganda and getting my whole perspective in life changed and quite honestly my heart broken um, beyond what I believed could have happened and when I I just had to do something I wanted to change the world right now so that's how I became a volunteer um, and uh, yeah it, it just from there it, it just grew I saw these children in these compassion programs in the middle of Mathare Valley um, who had virtually nothing and they were the happiest kids I've ever seen in my life and I really wanted to know how that could be in their surroundings and uh, yeah basically that's how things got started. <laughs> wow um, so I'm just curious so you said you were that was Uganda where you first went? Kenya and Uganda yeah. Ken, yeah so where where else have you been since there have you been to some oh, other? Yeah yeah I've uh, I've been to a lot of countries. Uh, well, as a volunteer, what I wanted to do, I found, I found that after a couple of years, uh, I, my heart would start to drift back to our own society's thoughts and attitudes, and I did, I don't want to be part of that anymore. So I actually uh, went on a few volunteer trips to Guatemala, one to El Salvador, um, and then uh, as, a, as an employee, of course, uh, working with churches and with pastors, I would go on trips to lead pastors, uh, pastors trips to show them our ministry. Um, so I ended up in um, quite a few countries actually. <laughs> and so yeah, I've, and it's been so good for me because I, I really, it's good to get that, I don't know what you wanna call it, that boost again, right? To just, I just don't want, honestly, I don't like our society. <laughs> uh, I don't like how we have so much and they so little. Uh, and I just didn't, I just don't want that to come seeping back into my light. So uh, it's been fantastic for me. Mm, yeah, that's so true. It is easy. Um, you know, years ago, um, well, how many years would it be now? I guess 29 years? No, 19 years ago. How old am I now? Now I'm trying to do all my math. <laughs> anyway, I'm 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 going to be 40 in a week, and it was when I was, uh, I guess I was uh, 18, but or just 19, and and went on a trip to Guatemala for three months. And um, one of the places we went for one weekend was to the Guatemala city dump. I don't know if you've been there. If mm -hmm. you've been in Guatemala, um, that was eye-opening to say the least. And I, I can very much um, understand what you're talking about that that changes you. It gives you a completely different perspective on what we have and recognizing really in comparison, how luxuriously we live. And, and yet, uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to forget. It's easy just to get caught up in the consumerism of our mm -hmm. society. And, you know, I just wonder too, I, I would, I would imagine that that is one of the blessings 
for us of taking part in ministries like Compassion sponsoring children is when we are sponsoring those kids, we have their picture, you know, up on our fridge, we're getting those okay. updates from them. It is one, one benefit for us is it is a constant reminder of just how so much more of the rest of the world lives and uh, just to be rethinking how we live and what our priorities are. Exactly. And to get the letters from the children. So you get kind of a better perspective of what they're going through. That really makes a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's something we've really appreciated about compassion a lot. It's just been great. We've been sponsoring uh, a young man by the name of Samson. And I'm trying to think how many years it's been now, maybe um, seven or eight years. And yeah, it's just been really neat. He's, he's the same age as our second oldest son. So it's kind of fun seeing him Perfect. Uh, grow yeah. as well. So right on. Oh, God um, bless you. That's fantastic. I have a question that I, I did not um, give you ahead of time. So, um, but it just came to mind. I'm just curious. So what does it look like on the ground? Like when you, when you go to some of these places and you're seeing what is happening in those local churches that are partnering with compassion, uh, what exactly is a, a day or a week look like for a sponsored child in those places? Oh boy. Uh, well that, yeah, I mean, the, the ministry is life-changing for these children. Um, first of all, if they didn't have an opportunity to go to school before they do now, right? So that's one big thing. Um, but they are allowed also, I mean, this is previous to COVID. COVID has changed a lot and I'll be kind of uh, sharing a bit more about that later, but um before COVID and once COVID lets go, uh, the children have an opportunity to come to the church, to the project, and share time with with other children um, for fun projects, for Bible study projects. Um, We don't force anybody, uh, we don't force anything about the Bible, God, anything about Christianity on the children it's, it's their choice to become a Christian, right? But we give them every opportunity to know who Jesus Christ is. And um, when a parent agrees to let a child come into the program, they do have to agree that they, the child can come to the program once a week. That is, that is part of the deal. Uh, again, just so they have that opportunity. And uh, like I say, we see one of our kids and one of our family members give their lives to Christ on average every four minutes of every day. That's uh, mind-boggling to me. I think that's incredible. So you see these children coming together. And like I say, when I saw the first group of kids that I've ever seen in a compassion program in Kenya back in 02, uh, I couldn't believe how happy they were. Um, They had nothing materialistically. However, they had Jesus and boy, did that ever change my faith journey, let me tell you. (laughs) I wanted what those kids had, let me tell you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's encouraging. And yeah, those numbers are are incredible. And you alluded to this, but it's not just the kids that are being reached, but so often their families as well. Yeah, our children are bringing their parents to Christ. There's, you know, I could tell you, I could share a whole bunch of stories, but a lot of people, a lot of parents or guardians who uh, agree to let their children go to the program uh, within weeks and months they see a difference in their children and they want to know what like me like what is it these kids have uh, I want to know this and so they end up coming to church they hear the message and 
lo and behold, they give their lives to Christ as well. It's just, it's, it truly is an incredible ministry. Yeah. Wow. So through compassion, so they're, they're having opportunities, obviously to hear the gospel uh, opportunities to become part of the, the local church and be discipled. Uh, you said they, they're also a school. So education is part of oh, it. Oh yeah. It's all part of it. Absolutely. And, and if, you know, I mean, a lot of kids already get schooling in some of the countries, obviously uh, some can't go because they can't afford a uniform, which they need so that we take care of that part of it. Uh, Haiti is a good example. The, the public school is so pathetic. It is so useless that a lot of our churches actually start their own school programs and that way children can get a good education right and uh, of course we have the, the youth development program that takes them beyond like when your child when your young man uh, graduates from high school he now actually has an opportunity for post-secondary every one of our 2.1 million children if they want to go to college or university or tech school or whatever they have that opportunity so your, your uh, relationship with your child can actually go to 22 years now and uh, to 22 years of age for the child, um, which has made a huge difference. I mean, I just had a young man in, in Mathari Valley where I first uh, saw Compassion. Uh, he just graduated a year ago with a mechanics license. I mean, I was such a proud dad. I couldn't, I can't even begin to tell you because I met him, right? And uh, we saw where he was going and what, what compassion did to change the, the trajectory of his life. So uh, truly amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's great. That is an encouraging example. So, um, so opportunities to hear the gospel and be discipled uh, education. What are some other um, ways that these kids also benefit through, through the sponsorship? Well, healthcare is huge. Um, I mean, we, we deal with, uh, you know, the reality is, is that every time we take a breath, a child somewhere in the world dies of a preventable disease every three seconds. It's mind, that's mind boggling to me. Um, so to be able to take care of our children, um, you know, when they get diarrhea or they get malaria or any of these things that for us, we just, we got medicine, right? They don't. So now in the program, they do. And uh, so it makes all the difference in the world there as well. Um, yeah, but you know, the reality too is um, protection from the sex trade, from slavery. Uh, our kids, when they're part of a church, they don't have just their family taking care of them. They got the church, the whole church family. Um, our our, our uh, um, amazing volunteers in the field. Uh, and of course, our staff. Our children are known, loved, and protected. That's huge. So if a child disappears, um, we know immediately. And, and in many, many cases, we can intervene quickly and take care of that. So it is truly holistic. It's every aspect of their life, no matter what part of it you look at, they are being taken care of. Mm, that's, that's encouraging again. Um, I was just wondering, you know, as you think about compassion, today and, and maybe even over the past year and obviously COVID, like you said, you maybe speak about that has changed mm -hmm. things a little bit. Um, but what excites you most about the ministry of compassion today? Boy, there is sure a lot. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really, really excited about how we responded to COVID for one thing. Um, we, we, uh, 
immediately saw the effects of COVID as soon as it hit. Um, and honestly, it's not COVID so much that is affecting our children and our family. I mean, we have lost children and family members and we've lost a few pastors and, and church members and some of our staff, but as incredibly sad as that is, those numbers could be way worse, except how we responded so quickly. But what's happened is because of the effects of COVID, um, starvation has become the number one issue. Like the numbers are absolutely mind-boggling. You, you look at numbers from uh, World Health Organization or the food program or, and the numbers are thrown at us about how many people are dying of starvation. They're saying 5,000 children a day are dying of starvation right now because of the effects of COVID. Um, so of course we had to immediately respond to that. We, we got a program going called We Rise As One. Uh, we, we've encouraged churches. We, we have 14 partner countries and never ever have we seen this kind of response. The money that came in from generous, amazingly generous donors. Canada, we broke every record we've ever had uh, as far as donors this in December, especially. Um, so we've responded uh, quickly. Uh, I'll throw a couple numbers your way. Uh, 9.7 million food packs so far. We've distributed to our families and not just our families, our communities, right? We're in, these churches are in communities and people know who this church is, so they come, right? So we don't turn anybody back, but also hygiene kits. I think the last number I heard was 5.6 million hygiene kits. Um, yeah, it's the, the response. I'm so pleased. I'm so excited how we responded. Um, but to be honest with you, um, before COVID hit, there were some things that were just uh, really, really thrilling to me. Um, I'm not going to say we're, we're becoming the biggest church planting organization in the world, but we were enabling our churches, our partners, to plant churches where they saw the need. We would fund it. They would take care of everything, the training, the building, you name it. Um, uh, so we, we've seen over 280 churches planted in the last six or seven years. Sadly, COVID has halted that as well. So that one is really thrilling to me. I mean, just imagine a brand new church opens, the Compassion Program begins, and the first thing they do is invite 250 children to come into the program. So immediately a church plant has 250 extra families, you know, involved, right? So no wonder we're seeing so many people converting to Christianity. But so that one's exciting. Uh, child survival program is growing like crazy. We invite expectant moms to come into the program um, and we support them uh, in their pregnancy. And we make sure that their birth is, is very safe and uh, the children are in the program for one year, and then at one year old, they graduate to the sponsorship program. They're in that until they graduate from high school, and then they're in that program, the youth development program, for however many years they need to get their um, their degree up to 22 years of age. So that whole process now excites me because we're taking care of a child even before they're born, and then we get them a, a diploma or something along that line. So that's exciting. Um, 
water projects. Uh, we've got massive water projects going on around the world. We have massive post-secondary education programs and I can go on and on and on. So I think the growth, you know, how God is blessing us um, with new partners, new churches, um, way more supporters in our 14 partner countries. So yeah, I guess in a word, we'll say the growth. <laughs> well, that certainly is exciting to hear. And I was reminded as you were talking about, particularly some of the, the challenges that have come about with COVID. John, you said something to me the first time we talked uh, that really left an impression. And you said, and I've, I've repeated what you said countless times to people and to the whole church, just to help us get some perspective through this. We were going to have uh, you and, and, and another ambassador, uh, I think maybe from Kenya, I'm not sure, but we're going to come last spring uh, to our church. And then of course, COVID hit and we had been maybe in lockdown for, I don't know, maybe it was a month. It was, it was near the beginning and you had called just to, you know, to touch base and say, you know, obviously it looks like this isn't going to work to do this, but we'll, we'll talk about maybe um, having someone come in the future. But you mentioned how you had recently talked to someone, one of the leaders, maybe with compassion somewhere in, in Africa and just hearing how it was affecting people there. And you said this, you said, you know, I, I realized that in so many places around the world, COVID has become a life and death issue for people. Like you just said, starvation, where for us, it's really just been an inconvenience. That hit me. And I thought you, you just hit the nail on the head. And, I've, and I've, I've said that so many times to our church. And I've heard our church people say that. We have to have perspective. Like really in the scheme of things, we have just been inconvenienced. And hopefully that uh, then motivates us to say, okay, who are these people around the world that have been affected so much more dramatically and what can we do to help? So to hear how compassion is really, again, just stepping up to the plate and doing everything you can to help is uh, exciting and encouraging. So thanks for sharing that. And, and thanks again for those words that, uh, you know, you probably just said off the top of your head, but it really has had an impact on me. And even just, I think our church, just getting that perspective. Awesome. Good to hear. Yeah, you know, my favorite analogy on that is, uh, well, first, let me say, when I hear somebody say we're all in the same boat together, I could scream. Uh, yeah, we're definitely in the same storm. But, you know, we are, let me put it, we're, we're in a, we're on our yacht, or we're on a really nice motorboat. Uh, some people in the world are in a, on a raft. The folks that we're talking about have a piece of wood, and they're hanging on for dear life. That's basically the difference, right? So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That that is that's that's the perspective we need. But sadly, we don't see it on our news. We don't hear it anywhere, right? So that's where Compassion Sundays are so critical to get the word out. And and I'm so grateful that you guys have uh, agreed to do this with us. Yeah, and and, and you're right. Um, we don't see on the news really a whole lot what's going on elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And so it's great through the lens of compassion, we can see what's going on again through that, uh, seeing what's happening in the world uh, with a Christian world, shared Christian worldview and with the same heart of Jesus. And so I'm just wondering too, where can our listeners, I mean, they've gotten a good amount of information right here and then in the morning as well from Jay, but where else can our listeners get some more information about compassion? Well, www.compassion.ca and uh 
Boy, there is a ton of information there. <laughs> um, it is a, it, yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. And for every different program that we have, there's COVID updates. Uh, if you're into numbers, boy, we got, we got statistics like you wouldn't believe. We've got videos, we've got, you name it, it's there. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a great resource. Uh, I'd encourage our listeners to check out, but I guess the bigger question is uh, not just how do we get more information, but how can people who maybe are feeling uh, inspired, feeling moved right now to want to maybe get involved with compassion, how can they go about that? Yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, you know, our We Rise as One campaign is still moving on. The COVID hasn't let go. Uh, we have uh, we heard some good news this morning that there's some of our church partners have opened again. Some of our, our country offices have opened and, and are getting back at it a bit. Um, so that's really crucial, of course, to keep helping us that way. But you know what? The number one thing is still sponsorship. It is our way that we can reach our children and our families for Jesus. There's no better way I've seen anywhere. Uh, so that's something I would encourage uh, people to do. And honestly, because of, you know, Canadians and well, folks in the other 14 partner countries have lost their work. So we've seen tons of cancellations. So we have more children in our child pool waiting to be sponsored than we have in, in history. Believe it or not, 250,000 children are waiting for a sponsor. And, and to top that off, the part that just kills me is that we had about 180 church partners that joined us just before COVID hit, but they couldn't, they didn't have time to register those 250 children. So there are actually 52,000 children out there that have been promised you're going to get registered to the program, but we can't because we've got a quarter million kids in the, in the pool already, and that is costing I mean, they're in the program, right? They just don't have a sponsor. So it's costing the partner countries more money than we've ever, ever had to spend on just supporting those churches to support those children. So uh, we got 200, we got the 52,000 that are waiting to get registered. They're taking, they're getting taken care of. We haven't canceled anything, right? We're, and, and the, our donors have helped us to do that. But sponsorship now, at this point, it's always been crucial. You know that, what you've, you've seen, what your support has done for your, your young man. It's never been this important. Um, COVID has completely changed everything. Uh, what sponsorship looked like eight, 10 months ago looks way different now. Your money is supporting your child and their family in a whole different way. They can't go to the church for programs right now. They can't even go to church on Sunday mornings, but believe me, our churches are going to them, right? So what they're getting now beyond uh, or besides what, what was normally a sponsorship uh, support, we are literally just sponsorship money is keeping a lot of our children and their families alive. That's the reality. Um, because of all the different ways that these countries are, are um, looking at COVID. Some you're not even allowed to out of your house, right? You, you, unemployment in a lot of our spots are at a staggering 90, 90%. So there's no work. So they're even scared to go to the hospital if they get 
a little bit sick. So that's something we had to take care of. So sponsorship money is taking care of more medical um, problems now than ever before. Of course, we have to supply our children and our families with the protection equipment for COVID. So that's another thing that sponsorship is doing. Something that people don't really realize. I mean, I think most people realize if you don't, with the poorest of the poor, if you don't work today, you don't eat today. That's just reality. But if you don't work this month, you're not going to pay your rent. So what's going to happen to you, right? So sponsorship money is paying for rent to keep our families in their homes. And then one that just tears my heart apart is uh, COVID has caused physical and sexual child abuse to skyrocket, not just in Canada, but even more so. I mean, if you can only imagine living in an eight by eight house with seven people, you know what, that's gonna be uh, psychologically challenging for anybody, right? So sponsorship money is taking care of um, uh, counseling for children, for their parents. The one of the glorious things about our ministry is our children are known. We, we know these kids personally. So if something's going on, we recognize it immediately. We can, we can get in there very quickly, right? So that's what sponsorship money is doing right now. I can't wait for this all to be over so we can get back to the, getting the kids into the program and getting the churches going again and, and just getting all these programs running again. And yeah, just let's get at it. So really, yeah, sponsorship is still absolutely the number one way that we can support these children and their families um, in Jesus' name. So what is, what is the cost to sponsor one child? It's $41 a month is the basic, right? And uh, there are two options. Um, there is an extra 10 that a, a person can do, which goes to uh, urgent needs, uh, like a $10 a month thing that comes off automatically. Uh, obviously, we're that what that is now is COVID <laughs> um, more than anything. But, you know, the reality too is natural disasters don't quit because COVID's around. So, you know, you look at Haiti that had another, they had two hurricanes. That You look at Asia, the Philippines that had a couple of typhoons. Um, it, it goes on and on and on. So there's always the emergencies, right? So that extra 10 goes into a specific fund and it, it may not support your child. In fact, we hope it, we don't have to, right? Um, but it will affect and support a family somewhere, right? So, hmm. so 41 or 51 a month is, up, is your, your choices. You know, when I hear those numbers, I think that's how much it costs for me and my wife to go out for a meal. Yeah. Right. Um, and a modest one at that. <laughs> and a modest one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, to think about that and how, what that could do in the life of a child, just by maybe one less of those meals uh, yeah. a month, uh, what a difference that can make is, is something to think about. And, you know, as you were talking about this and, and again, just reminding us about how, uh, Praise the Lord, so many of us, some in our country, definitely have been affected. And, and like you said, that's definitely um, made a difference as far as sponsorships. Some people may be having to give up their sponsorships. But, uh, you know, I, I can't speak for everywhere in Canada, but definitely around here, for the most part, what I hear is people are uh, still doing well. I, I haven't heard of a whole lot of people losing jobs. Um, you know, uh, our economy is doing okay. Um, and so as we, think about that and how the Lord is providing 
continually, so abundantly, sufficiently for us, uh, you know, I think that that should really get us thinking about, okay, what is our responsibility then to others uh, in places who have been so dramatically affected and what can we do to help uh, in the name of Jesus? And just thought of Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 7 to 8, each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. And then this, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And I'm just thinking, Lord, you have been so gracious. Uh, we, you have provided abundantly. I know just even speaking for myself and speaking even just for our church uh, financially. And it is clearly our duty to consider how, Lord, do you want us to use this to help those? Uh, number one, those who are suffering, those who are in need, and also especially those who still haven't yet to hear the good news of Jesus. So listeners, I just uh, put that out there again, not as a, some kind of a guilt trip by any means, no. but, but just for us to examine, Lord, you have, as Paul says here, uh, been provided so sufficiently. And so um, we need to decide in our own hearts uh, how the Lord is moving us to give. And maybe that is through compassion or maybe another ministry, but let's definitely consider that together as the people of God. Yeah, and, and thank you for mentioning that. I, that's something really, please don't sponsor child through compassion, through guilt. And don't don't sponsor one because you are embarrassed that you have so much and they have not, nothing. Sponsor because you love these children. Sponsor because these kids are clearly Jesus' favorites. All you have to do is let's read Matthew a little bit, <laughs> right? And, and so do it because what breaks Jesus' heart's heart breaks your heart and and that's the reason not no other reason just this is about the children and that jesus loves them beyond belief that's so good such a good word absolutely and you know what that is something i've also really appreciated over the years about compassion every time uh in in churches we've had a speaker come in or i've i've seen media um it's never felt manipulative it's always just presenting the need and saying, let's look at these needs through the eyes of Jesus and uh, see how he moves us to help in what ways we can. So appreciate that Amen. very much. Yeah, right, right on. Thank you. So is there any any final words, any, any anything else you'd like to, to share with us? Yeah, I mean, thank you for your support um, in the past and the present and, and hopefully continuing. Uh, the reality is, is we can't do this without churches like uh, open Bible, and uh, we we just can't. We need we need partners, and uh, uh, we're beyond grateful for your support, uh, and uh, and so thankful. And um, yeah, you just allow us to continue to reach these children and their families for for Christ. Well, just thanks again, John, for taking the time to be with us on our podcast. And uh, I, I'm sure that this wasn't just informational, uh, but it was really inspirational as well as we hear about what the Lord is doing through his church, especially in these uncertain times and in the lives of uh, children whom, like you said, Jesus just had a special place in his heart for. So, so thanks again. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's been great. Uh, for our listeners, next week, our children's coordinator, Alin Weeb, 
is going to be interviewing our church bookkeeper, Ray Arndt, about his past ministry in Eastern Europe, where he was smuggling Bibles behind the Iron Curtain. So you won't want to miss that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be also just great to hear uh, what the Lord has done in the past through faithful ministry of his people. So until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide with you now and forever. Thanks for listening. So long.